1: Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. We got Tim joining us. Tim, are you going to be okay this episode?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Thanks for asking.
1: All right. Your leg's still broken?
0: Still broken. Working on it.
1: All right. Well, we're thinking about you. Let's try to stay awake for the episode. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. We have a a two-time cup champion with us. (laughs) And now we're not talking about the Stanley Cup. That's easy to win. We're talking about the more important John Scott Cup given out annually in Minnesota at the Bramer Arena. James yep. Van Reensdyke is with us. James, thanks for coming on the show, my friend.
0: I love that intro. Love that intro.
1: <laughs> well, gosh, when you win it twice, that's hard to do. It's really yeah, – so know, for those of you listening, they do a tournament. Gosh, they've been doing it for how long now? Five, six years?
0: Yeah, I think it's been yeah maybe longer than that. It's been yeah maybe five or six years, and obviously last year we weren't able to do it because of COVID. But uh, yeah, it's been running uh, a while now.
1: So they they it's there's like I I want to say thirty to forty NHL guys out there. They play a, a tournament all summer long. It culminates with this playoff system. And James, you've won it twice, which is impressive. <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there. It's it's a good skate. But uh, what does it mean to win my cup twice, James? Just just touch on that real quick for the fans.
0: Yeah, you know what the most the most impressive one. I'm pretty sure the inaugural one. I, I can't remember the second one, but you yeah. were out there handing over the trophy, so so that was, it was uh, a nice gesture by you.
1: <laughs> it was a tough trophy to give away, but you know it, it's good. It, you know it is what it is. But anyways, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. I know uh, you're busy. You just had one, and you got another one on the way, which is insane. Yeah, you <laughs> know what, boy or girl?
0: Not yet, not yet for the second one. Right. We have a baby, uh, baby girl Scarlett, who just turned one. Uh, a few weeks ago, and then uh, yeah, we'll find out what this uh, this other one is uh, in the coming weeks. Here,
1: I hope it's a girl. I hope <laughs> it's a girl, just to join the club. It's great.
0: Yeah, uh, are anyways, all six of yours girls? By the way,
1: they are. Yeah. Okay. My That's wife always be some said. Kind of record. <laughs> well, I've just I was around men my whole life, and so you kind of yeah. get what you need. So yeah, there you go. But anyways, moving on. As Tim knows, I say quite often. Now, James. <sighs> We, usually when we have guests on, we're like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. When, when you agree to come on, we're like, wow, okay, um, big superstar, big, big superstar, not a great season in Philadelphia, big expectations. You started the season off on fire. Like absolutely on fire. I think you went 12, 3, and 5 or 12, 5, and 3. I picked you guys to come out of the East. I was all jacked up. I'm like, this is the year, Giroux, Vorchek, those guys are gonna put it together. It's gonna be fantastic. And then you just hit the wall, the wheels fell off, everything just got flipped upside down. I know you've probably answered this question a hundred times. You probably thought about it. You probably've had 15 team meetings during the season when you were just in the midst of it. Like, well, what happened? Just try to break it down for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, just thinking back on it, like you mentioned, like when you're in it, you're trying to, uh, again, try to get, get yourself out of it as a team and figure out a way to just get the two points and string some wins together and do what you need to do. But for whatever reason, we just could never find um, can find that consistency. And again, obviously, it seems like the teams that are, doing well this year, like they've been able to handle the challenges of a, of a unique year with COVID and the different, uh, kind of pauses that there have been because of that. And then, uh, the different challenges of, again, uh, if, if you're someone who likes to be around a lot of people and doing a lot of different things, this is going to be a tough year for you just because of, uh, just some of the rules we had to live by to, for make this, to make the season go on. And again, obviously we're, we're very privileged to get to work and things like that. But, uh, sometimes those, those challenges I feel like uh, can be tougher for some than others. And I think that uh, it made the swings of the season. Like usually, obviously, as we all know, going through an 82 game season, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows and stuff like that. But when you're able to take your mind off the game a little bit easier in a normal year, I think that definitely helps. Um, But yeah, for whatever reason, it just seemed that we could never kind of get our footing after we started to slip. So it's hard to just pinpoint one thing. I mean, obviously everyone had to deal with these things and certainly there's teams that dealt with it way better than we did. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a combination of, uh, of just things like that, I would say.
1: I never even thought of that. Honestly, that's a good point because when you're, I played on some bad teams, like some really (laughs) historically bad teams in Buffalo, I think we set the record for least goals scored in the season, but, to get away from the rink and to just go grab dinner, go out, you know, just get your mind off. That's, that's needed. And Gosh. And the, when you're living in a day in and day out and you're in a funk, that's gotta be tough mentally. Was was the guy in the room who just tried to loosen things up? Like who was, was that you trying to joke around being, being the guy to loosen things up a little bit?
0: Yeah. You know, we have a great group uh, of guys that all get along really well. So we have a few guys that can kind of, play that role of uh, again keeping things light and making it fun to come to the rink uh and things like that ultimately like this year again it was different in the sense of obviously when we're at the rink you're trying to keep your distance and a lot of certain things and you and even at even at the hotel like you're basically in your own room a lot and things like that so for me obviously having a family that was good because i had a lot of time at home uh with them and, and i always enjoy that and you get more of that in a year like this just because of how the schedule was. But I can only imagine uh, for some of the single guys uh, throughout the league, it certainly is a challenge and I'm sure they had to find some different things to do to fill up their time to uh, just kind of feel like they had more uh, going on and maybe some of that loneliness that you can sort of feel if you're just living, living by yourself.
1: The darkness, it, it, it sets in quickly, (laughs) (laughs) but okay. So I broke into the league in 2000. I don't, can't remember a long time ago. The Philadelphia Flyers had Claude Giroux, Jakob Voracek, and then you came along not so not so long that after. Now, fast forward 12 years later, the Philadelphia Flyers—they still have you guys. What what needs to happen in Philly for you guys to be successful? Because every year. I love the Philadelphia Flyers. I know when I played, you guys were always so good. Like you just had solid teams and obviously you made that one cup run your first year. What, what needs to happen in Philly for that to happen again? Because the cast is not changing, right? Like what, what's, what's going to change from this year to next?
0: Yeah. You know what? That's a good question. And again, I have a interesting perspective on that. Like you mentioned, I was, uh, the start of my career, my first three years were in Philadelphia and you mentioned some of those guys that were there for that. So I was there, came into the league with Claude Giroux and then uh, Voracek was traded there for my last year. And, and Sean Couturier was drafted there my last year in Philadelphia. And then obviously go through six years in Toronto and then come back. So it is kind of interesting the, 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 um, how there are a bunch of things that are different. Obviously those are the only guys that are the same, but, um, but yeah, ultimately again, those are some key guys on the team. Uh, team still as well so again as we know it's it's really hard in this league to win and be successful and it's such a fine line sometimes and um yeah i don't know just looking forward like what the recipe is uh for that i think again if like you said we think we think about these things all the time during the season so it's kind of sometimes tough to pinpoint one uh specific things but ultimately i think we got a good mix of uh of players and guys and Ultimately, this year wasn't good enough, and I'm sure there'll be some uh, tweaks uh, in the off season to 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 whatever, whatever the management obviously decides with that, and uh, then we'll kind of go from there. But I, I definitely think we have uh, a lot of good pieces in place, and um, ultimately, it's up to us as players and and the coaches to put it all together and um, find a way to get the job done.
1: That's a very safe answer, James. Good for you. <laughs> You didn't throw anybody under the bus like I would have. My my year-end meetings, they're like, John, what did you think of the season? And I would just be like, you know what? This guy stunk. This guy sucked. You should have done this, this, and this. And then I was like, I was the best yeah. player on the team. Yeah. I'm out of here.
0: So you mentioned
1: you got traded to Toronto. I've actually wanted to ask you this for years. That maniac Phil, when he attacked me, why why did you not jump in and try to either a fight me or just protect me from that animal what happened what was going on in your head when that happened and why did you not address me whenever we played you guys because it was just insane
0: yeah i actually i was even on the ice for that i don't even remember you were not remember is the memes (laughs) <laughs> afterwards, the lightsaber. <laughs> what did
1: Phil do in the locker room? I've always wondered. I've asked him. He's never uh, agreed to come on the show. What Was was he having fun in the locker room after that?
0: Yeah, like I think like, well, he was definitely happy about that. He thought he did well in the fight after. So I think he took Brian Flynn and those guys he, went he at
1: cut, it. He cut Flynn up. We never, we never yeah. let that down.
0: Oh, yeah. So I know they're the same height, but I think Phil's probably got him uh, by maybe 30 pounds or so. So that might not have been the same uh, weight class there. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I remember hearing the story of that. And I remember, uh, I think what, you may have said something to him like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing you. And he like looked at you and I think he laughed. And you're like, no, I'm not kidding. Or something. And then it just all happened. And then all the chaos after that, uh, that broke loose. But um, yeah, that was definitely one of the crazier uh, kind of uh, ordeals that I've uh, been a part of.
1: No inside stories. Randy didn't come in the room and just start lighting everybody up. Nothing.
0: No, nothing really like that that I remember. I think I'm trying to remember like some of the other specifics around it. But what because it, was, it all started. What was that? There was a uh, was there a fight in early in the game that like it, a guy was, was overmatched, right? Jamie
1: yeah. Devane knocked out Corey Tropp the shift before.
0: Yeah, that's what it and was. Then, yeah.
1: So then I yeah. I told Carlisle I'm gonna beat up whoever he puts out, and then he put out yeah. Phil. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Like, that must be why
0: Randy didn't say anything. He's like, hey, he remembers that part of the story. What was oh, it like man. playing in
1: Toronto? You guys were under a microscope there. You had Dion Phaneuf. You had such a a polarizing cast of guys with Phil and Dion and Joffrey Loophole and guys who were good hockey players. What What was it like playing in the biggest market on the biggest stage and you had all these guys and you just had high high expectations? How cool was that? <sighs>
0: I absolutely love my time there. Um, just like thinking about it, like growing up and like you've envisioned like playing in the NHL, obviously starting with Philadelphia and as great of a market um, and as, as much interest as they have here uh, for hockey. I mean, it's just like hockey is the thing in, uh, in, in Toronto and basically across Canada, like that Leafs are their team and people uh, again, there is that microscope that you're, that you're kind of under and that bubble that you're, that you're living under. So you get great support, um, from both cities. And I think playing in Philadelphia definitely prepared me for, for going to Toronto and just, uh, that kind of that fishbowl that it can be. Um, but yeah, I, I love, absolutely love my time there. And and those guys, you mentioned, uh, it's funny, like, like, like you said, because they've played there, I think you get kind of that polarizing, uh, point perspective. Um, just from around like going into that like certainly you see stuff in the media and how people are portrayed and things like that but getting to meet some of those guys like you mentioned like phil dion loops uh dion i still consider to this day one of my closest friends and one of the best teammates uh i've ever played for one of the best leaders i've ever played played with um so yeah it was uh definitely i enjoyed my time there a lot and um i wish it could have gone. Uh, a little bit better, particularly in those early years. But I think uh, towards the end there, we really started to turn a corner. And obviously, they're continuing on that now with, uh, with some of the same group uh, that was there towards my last few years.
1: What, was your, what did you think of Randy as a coach and just his style of just like literally having two to three super tough guys on the team and on the ice at all times? Did you like that? Do you think they were taken away from the ice? Because no other team was doing that.
0: No, like I owe a lot of my uh, success in my career to Randy. I think, uh, especially when I when I first got there, like he really gave me a chance to kind of spread my wings and uh, really show what I could do as a player. So i always uh, be grateful to him for that. But uh, again, I think with the teams that we had there and the style of play that he liked to play, like certainly felt like you could sit up, uh, sit up a little taller with the guys that we had in the lineup. And uh, guys like Colton Orr and Fraser McLaren and uh, Mark Fraser—they were—they were, were guys that you loved to have on your team. Great teammates, um, and again, uh, we all loved having them out there with us. So I think, uh, again, as far as as how that goes, uh, we definitely felt that comfort of uh, being able to go and play against anyone. And in those days, we—I think the big thing was that Boston-Toronto sort of rivalry, um, and they felt like. The, the Bruins were kind of uh, taking advantage of the Leafs a little bit or pushed them around a little bit. So I think that's kind of where that all started, started to shift with that. And um, yeah, we had that crazy series, my first year there where we ended up clawing our way back down three, one in the series. And then you get to game seven and we're up three, one with like 10 minutes left or whatever it was. And then the game gets away from us. Um, and then obviously the rest is history. From there, or I might have even been four oh, one. I, uh, I think it was four to, to one. I, yeah, it I, was four to one.
1: So I love Jake Gardner. Everyone who listens know I love Jake Gardner. I skate with him in the summer. You obviously skate with him in the summer. I think he's an unbelievable defenseman.
0: What?
1: <laughs> how hard was it for him to be in Toronto? How honestly? Just. Uh, well,
0: yeah well he's uh, to this day still one of my closest friends and uh live on the lake with them in minnesota so i see him all the time we train together skate together um in the summer but uh no i think uh again there's definitely like in like we mentioned about swings of the season this year obviously a different sort of thing in toronto but there certainly is a lot of those swings up there just because every single game good or good or bad like you're seeing the highlights of what happened and Ultimately, as we know, it's a game of mistakes. We're all going to make them and stuff like that. So a lot of them get magnified to a higher degree um, up there. But, uh, again, he's, he was a great player for the Leafs and uh, was a part of a lot of successful teams up there and uh, did a lot of great things. So I definitely take him on my team any day.
1: Well, you tell him this summer that I honestly thought he was going to win the Norris last year. I think he's that good. Honestly, and I'm not even blowing yeah. smoke up as uh, behind. I think he's a great defenseman. And Tim always gives me a hard time because I, I just love me some Jake Gardner. I really do. I think he's a solid D-man. I
0: don't know. Yeah, his his style is, is good. Like how he can, again, I like how he stays up and skate. it seems like a, a lot of the times like he's skating forward and really uh, taking that good angle almost like a forward would. And, and that's kind of uh, how he's able to get back and get pucks and things like that. So his, his style is definitely unique. Um, for a defenseman, but he does, like, he skates so well um, and sees the ice so well and stuff like that. So he was, uh, again, you, I always uh, like being out there on the ice with him uh, up there just because, you know, he was going to get the puck out of the zone and we could go play offense. Did
1: you hear that, Tim? Yeah. you hear that? He would be 1A in Boston right now, without a doubt.
0: No, no. Come on. Over who? Uh,
1: all of them because he's 1A, Tim. That's what it means. <laughs>
0: Mac every single one of like them. Carlo, come on, James. I want to. I want to bring it back to this season a little bit. Um, that game you guys lost nine nothing against the Rangers, and oh,
1: Tim. Oh no, Twitter's <laughs>
0: all over. The media's all over you guys. And then a week later, there's an eight to three game. Um, does that kind of thing like take a toll on the locker room, the morale, or is? It, you know, at the end of the day, is it just a loss like any other else? You know. Let
1: me went, just oh. touch real quick. So, funny story. <laughs> I reached out to James before those two games (laughs) and I was like, James, come on the show, man. It'll be great. And you're like, sounds good. Let's do it. And then you just got shelled and he goes, you know what? Let's just save it. (laughs) So
0: yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I jumped on your answer. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, that obviously was one of the, I think probably the worst, most lopsided uh, game I've been a part of uh, in my career. And it was just – again, it was just one of those ones that it seemed like every mistake that we made just ended up in the back of our net and it started to snowball. And, um, yeah, it was, it's definitely tough. Uh, tough one to swallow and you're pissed off and you're mad. And, and obviously we play them a week later. And ultimately uh, looking at it on the other side of the coin, like I'm sure those guys, like they're – they were feeling really confident coming into play us the next time just because it seemed like they could do whatever they wanted. Every bounce was going their way. Um, and they were, again, I think in those two games, Zibinijad I think had like 12 points or something crazy like that. So, yeah, they had their their top guys feeling really good. And, yeah, I don't know. that. I think that's just kind of a, a small snapshot into just our season just as far as not being able to find – that consistency and, uh, just too many mistakes at the wrong times and things like that, and just not being all on the same page. I think if one other thing I could point back to for, for our season is just, it just seems like for whatever reason, uh, we could never find some of that. Um, I don't know if chemistry is the right word, but just playing as that five man unit, um, all over the ice. I think, um, again, just have, like, again, we know how it is with, the the forwards and the defensemen especially needing to read off each other so that the defensemen know when they can be aggressive and um, the forwards know uh, when they should be available for an option and things like that to help break out of the zone. It feels like some of those, like, again, when we started to kind of get off our game, we kind of struggled with things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just looking into into those two games, that was definitely something uh, that was – those were tough.
1: We lost when I was with Chicago to Edmonton one time. I think it was nine to two. That was my worst loss. But, James, I was actually plus one in that game. So got. I'm just saying I played pretty well. Do you know your plus minus in, in the two games combined, James?
0: Wow. Uh, I would say – so I think the first one I was like minus two or three – and then the second one, I do not remember at all. So do you know?
1: I don't. I did look at your stats today. Do you know
0: what year was your worst plus minus year? Yes, I do. And in, in Toronto, I think it was my second year. I was like me, Phil, and Bozy were the line, and I think we were like minus 34. I was minus 33, and then minus 35 when someone else was. So that was uh, – I think someone, someone blew us out of the water with minus – Minus forty something. So that was uh, that was a tough year in that sense. But but to our defense, I will say I think we swallowed about fifteen empty net empty net minuses that year. So which I <laughs> will say tough.
1: that I don't think those should count against your plus minus.
0: Yeah, because I don't I think it should be like power play. I don't think uh, or actually power Agreed. play it would count against you, but but it but I don't think you should get a plus for those and I don't think you should get a, a dash for uh, for letting one up on those situations. I but.
1: agree. I do think you should get a minus for a shorthanded goal against. I don't know if you do. I think you Yeah, might. you do.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: All right. So you're a minus 33. I actually did – do you know how what your average time on ice was that year? I was blown away when I saw
0: this. 22-something. Isn't that crazy you played 22 minutes a game? That was – yeah, that was the year. And that. I, that's where we – that's the funny stories about Phil kick in, by the way. Um, so, like, we were playing so much that year, and, like, Phil, like – Likes to feel in the rhythm of the game. Obviously, loves to play a lot. Like, what does that mean? Um, feel the rhythm of the game. Like, like he likes to just get out there all the time. So, like, he wants okay. to like be out there every few minutes. Doesn't want to be sitting on the bench. So, like, there'd be times in the game he'd be like, "I'd be." We'd be sitting there on the bench, and like you said, we're playing like twenty-two minutes a night. I don't know what his average was, but it had to be close to that if I was playing that much. <laughs> and he he'd look over to me and he goes. Uh, he goes, uh, they're dead-legging us again. I'm like, they're dead-legging <laughs> us? We're going to play 22 minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, like, he's he's such a character, and I love Phil. And he had some funny uh, one-liners like that um, over How the course of play? playing with him. But, but he yeah, we played a lot. And I don't know if that was just because, again, that year we, we weren't very good, and we were chasing a lot of games. So, like, obviously in those situations we were going to play a lot more, trying to find uh, more goals and things like that. But – yeah, that was uh, thanks. Thanks for bringing up the nine nothing right back to back with the minus thirty three. I appreciate that. Well, that's
1: that. a <laughs> that's a high mark, minus thirty three. Now, my I didn't play enough minutes to get the minus thirty three, but that's bad.
0: That's yeah, bad. that's tough. I, yeah, that's the, well, that's like so. Like on my career, I think I'm like minus thirty seven, and that's all pretty much from the one year. So yeah, but how many power it, points yeah. power play points did you have though? That year, I don't, usually it was around fifteen to. 19 or something when I was in Toronto. So probably somewhere in there.
1: It's still minus 33, Tim. It's still terrible. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Ah, So many empty netters. Listen to him. Ah, So many. I, yeah, the goalie was bad. All right. Let's, let's talk about the East. It was the group. I don't know if you're a world cup fan. I, I get geeked up in the soccer. They always do the group of death, whatever, you know, group you get put in. You don't want to be put in with England and Spain and them. When the, schedule was released and you saw your group what did you think when you saw those teams
0: yeah first reaction was definitely uh this seems like top to bottom going to be one of the toughest division um with the teams that were in there and the success that they'd had like in the recent future um and it looked like again even looking at the off seasons that a lot of the teams had like just felt like everyone kind of got a little bit better or made some adjustments so certainly we knew uh we were going to have our work uh, cut out for us uh, in that regard so,
1: what happened then? Who was the best team in that division? Did, it, did, the, did the predictions live up to the, the actual what happened? Because Buffalo stunk, the devils were average. They, you know, they played hard. What, who were the best teams in that division? I, I'm interested, because the playoff series right now is they're obviously tied one to one. It's pretty even. Do you feel like you competed with those teams? Was there any team that just stood out to you guys?
0: Yeah, um, I would say for me the team that definitely uh, stood out the most would be just the Caps at the end of the year. It just felt like they didn't really have any holes and they had lots of guys, like, slotted right on their team and they just were tough to play against. I feel like they could kind of play the game any different way you want to play. Like, they have a lot of toughness on their team. They have a ton of skill. Um, and, again, they have that uh, that power play, too, that uh, basically can you put that up against anyone. So that was the team that was – definitely um for me the the toughest uh that I thought was the the best team, but um again, certainly the other ones that made the playoffs all are good teams too, and made some adjustments at the uh at the deadline a lot of them and um it's yeah we'll see I mean you got the the islanders and uh, as we know, with the way that uh, Lou likes to build teams and stuff like that, everyone's got their job and everyone's um gonna play their role and things like that, so they're going to be tough to beat and then with um yeah, looking at Pittsburgh and just uh, with with uh, with the way Crosby's going and just uh, again he's carrying the charge and it seems like they're they're peaking at the right time. I think they were definitely a team that I noticed uh, as the year went on. Um, they got better and better and better, so they're peaking at the right time. Does it annoy um, that, you
1: that? Does it annoy you that those like you're just as good as those guys? Is it annoying to see Crosby all the time? It's like it's like the carrot in front of the horse. It's like gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just as good as those guys. I've played against all you guys for, you know, 10 years. And every, like, Giroux just as good as Crosby, in my opinion, with his hands, with the way he plays the game. Like, they're, they're very similar type players. I don't know. Does it ever frustrate you to have those guys in your division always? And It's like, come on, Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I've got a chance to know Sid a little bit off the ice. I've been in the same uh, kind of training groups of him for a few summers. And – um just seeing the way that he works, like you're not shocked at all, like how long and how good he is and how long he's been able to do it for. Um, So yeah, that would be the, with, with, with him, it's, 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 it's insane. Like we'll be out there like in the summer. uh, We'll just have finished like a, a, uh, a turf workout or something. We'll be on the ice and he'll be like one of the last guys on the ice after the skates going after we're already dead. Um, And he's out there just working on, working on tips or working on, Uh, hands and tight or shot or whatever so I mean it's impressive to see him with all he's accomplished and how long he's been doing it for the just that drive that he has to continue to be great so you can only really respect uh, respect what he does just because of all that
1: just a really another great politically correct answer James It's exactly what I wanted (laughs)
0: you're just you're really speaking the truth how can you dog a guy like that though right it's like if if he's that dialed in and that wants is that you know it's like yeah you got it I can dog him pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> just
1: listen to the podcast I rip on everybody so who do you got coming out of the east then who's who's your team you mentioned Washington at the end of the year you've have you watched any of the games I don't know who do you think's going to come out
0: of the east yeah I've been watching uh, a little bit of them and I think for me I've got a younger brother who is in the mix on uh, Washington too he's played down the stretch so I'll probably just go with them. I think like I mentioned they have a, a really strong team and uh I think they're really deep and uh, for his, for his sake, I'll just I'll go with those guys.
1: Are you and Trevor the best brother pairing in the NHL?
0: Um so let's see who else we got there. We gotta go against I mean you have to go with the stalls, I think, for that, don't you? There's the
1: stalls, the Felinos. The Kachucks. The Kachucks. Kachucks.
0: Stroms. Benz. Stroms. Benz.
1: All right. I didn't, I didn't hear a yes or no. You guys got to be up there.
0: <laughs> we'll put, yeah, we'll put us in the top uh, The top five of that group. I think there's five names, so will put us in the top five.
1: <laughs> All right. So you got – who you got coming out? You got the Washington coming out of the East. What do you think of this playoffs? Do you think your division is stronger than the other divisions, just based on what
0: you've seen? It's impossible to say i would say uh obviously we here didn't play we go, in another between. politically
1: correct answer
0: no i'll give you I'll give you a real answer. I think some of the other divisions were a little bit more top heavy and if you look to last uh to the last couple of years, i mean you see teams like uh, particularly like colorado and and Vegas, and those are gonna be um again two i think contenders and then obviously with the Leafs uh too, it just seems like uh with uh, kind of some of the uh, adjustments that they made uh, with with the guys they brought in, I think that will definitely be a good mix for them too. But it's so it's going to be, this is going to be the weirdest year, obviously, as far as predicting things, just because you don't have any of that sort of between division or conference play to really judge anything on. So once we get there, like it's going to be, I feel like yeah, if you're looking to bet on anything, you're going to have a hard time at that point, just because uh, there's not, you don't have any of that familiarity that you would have uh, in years past.
1: So, somehow, someway, the Philadelphia Flyers get relocated to Windsor before the start of this season <laughs> to even out the numbers. What place do you guys come in the north?
0: In the north? Um, I, think we, I think we would make the playoffs in the north, but I don't know. It's easy okay. to say yeah. now. <laughs> I, think, I
1: think you're right. I think you come second. I think you come second <laughs> in the north. The north is atrocious. I'll say it. I'm not afraid to say <laughs> it. All right. Whatever. You got the East. That's good. So this offseason, you're getting the Seattle Kraken, James. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but they do an expansion draft. Have you heard of this thing?
0: No, it's the first time I've ever heard of it.
1: So the way it works is every team gets to protect a certain amount of players. I did a little research, James, and I don't want to break this to you this way, but I heard you're not going to be protected. That's what I heard. I know Chuck Fletcher, not intimately, but I know him. He was my GM in Minnesota. I did not talk to Chuck. I'm just saying I know him. What's going to happen if the Seattle Kraken get to Philadelphia Flyers and they say, we would like to take James to play on our team to be a captain? What goes through your head if that happens?
0: what goes through my, so say, so if they reproach, if they take me, you, if they, they take you from yeah.
1: Philly, if you get left, if you get exposed, what, like, what yeah. are you thinking?
0: Um, well, ultimately, like when I signed, like knowing, what was it three years ago now? Like, and obviously going through this was knowing this was coming after this year and not having any of the no move or stuff like that. Like you realize that uh, this could be, uh, be a possibility. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a weird summer in that sense, just because there is that degree of it's out of a lot of people's hands. Like usually your fate, you know what I mean? Like either y- your GM knows for sure what's going to happen or, or, or anything like that. But in this case, like it's going to be, there's lots of moving parts to this. So I feel like there, there's a lot of, uh, it's a big poker game between all these uh, general managers and management mm-hmm. to try to figure out the, uh, that sort of stuff. But I think just for me, I think, uh, like I've loved my time in Philadelphia. Like I signed here to be here and would love to, to be here. But, uh, again, about Seattle, it's, it's a unique opportunity in the sense of you don't get to be on the ground floor, uh, of many things, uh, especially mm-hmm. in this business. So that, that could be kind of a unique uh, challenge as well. And a unique opportunity in that sense. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, ultimately what's, whatever's going to happen will happen. And I, I'd, you, you, again you, you just kind of go with the flow and um go from there
1: have they given you any indication at all in your year in meetings or anything like listen james sorry we got a numbers game got a lot of young guys we want to protect no move clauses Is, was there anything like that
0: no it was our meetings were pretty short so um yeah not uh, not much as far as uh, as far as that so i'm sure again who knows if the teams even know for sure. Yeah. Just like I mentioned, like there's going to be teams now that are playing in the playoffs and maybe they lose sooner than they thought and they're going to shake things up or whatever. So I still think there's going to, and with the lower cap, I think that's going to make it even more movement um, than maybe there would be otherwise. So I think there's still going to be a lot of moving parts uh, between now and uh, whatever it is like end of July. Um. So yeah, I think, uh, I guess that sort of stuff's good for the game. I think though, it brings a lot of interest and, um, gets people talking about it and, um, that's going to be a, a fun summer in that sense.
1: Last question. I just find it fascinating that this whole thing even exists. You sign a contract, you think you're going to stay in a spot. Is there a level of just like disrespect if you don't get protected and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I just say you don't get protected mm-hmm. and they end up taking somebody else from your team and you have to go back and you'd be like, okay, like, wh- I don't know.
0: What you yeah, you know, that what? that's, that's interesting. I, I I haven't really thought about that too much yet. Um, ultimately, like you said, there's other moving parts where maybe there's teams that cut deals to protect certain guys. So maybe you'll never know for sure what the, what is, but I mean, we're all competitive. Like you all want to feel like you're a big part of uh, the program or the organization or whatever that you're, that you're at. So, I mean, I guess there's some degree of that, right? Like you'd like to think that uh, especially again, I, I feel like I want to continue to uh, go on the trajectory that I'm at as a player and continue to just try to be consistent in that sense. And I think I still have a lot of good hockey left in me. So I think there would be a little bit of that sense of like of that, that competitiveness and that competitor inside of you. That's kind of a little pissed off about it, but ultimately again, those things are going to happen the way they're, they're going to happen. And um, yeah, I guess uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what comes happens come July.
1: Yeah, it is It will be interesting because you nailed it. You are probably one of the most consistent players in the NHL, honestly. I'm not just blowing smoke. You consistently get 65 points, 60 points. I think you average .65 points a game, which is unbelievable. You know what I mean? For you – and I don't think you get valued as much as you should. When you look at teams, the teams you've played on, it's like, oh, they got Phil. Oh, they got – Voracek and Giroux, they never think of you when you're the like you led the team in points this year. I'm not just whatever. You're a good hockey player. I'm just saying Seattle would be happy to get you, James. I believe in you. I don't know. I think it's it's such a weird thing to be able to like just assemble a team out of just all these players. I I never. Lo- I don't know. I just
0: it's yeah, so it definitely weird. Definitely weird, and it doesn't. It uh, yeah. It's it's obviously it only happens so often, right? Like what is it? I mean, obviously with Vegas, and then. Um, years ago with uh with some of those other teams coming in but it's a weird sort of time uh for for it all to happen and again like we said with the with the lower cap it it kind of throws a whole nother curveball into this where I think uh, teams are going to be able to really get squeezed by by Seattle just because I'm sure there's teams that are dying to have some more cap space and things like that so uh, I think we'll see a lot of player movement uh this summer and yeah, it's going to – again, like like I said, I think that's good for the game. I think it, it creates more buzz and more interest. And I'm sure certain guys, uh, again, it, it sometimes sucks to have to kind of move your family or whatever and go to different places. But it's, it's all part of it. It's uh, new opportunities, new challenges, and you got to embrace, uh, embrace all that uh, to have a long career.
1: You might have a career in politics after you're done. I'm yeah. telling you what. Like, Tim, isn't it amazing –
0: it's pretty good. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good. It's so polished. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Do you work I on this, in Toronto for. I, I played in Toronto for six years. You got you to be, uh, be the master of, uh, what is it, saying, saying a lot to say nothing? Yeah. How does that go?
1: <laughs> you're speaking a lot. You're not saying anything. What was it like watching? I, always, I felt bad for Dion when he would do those interviews because it would be the same questions 15 different ways. And it always yeah. it revolved around, why aren't you doing more, Dion? What's going on? And Phil wouldn't take it. Phil would be like, get out of my face. Yeah. What, what was yeah. – I don't know. I, I keep going back to – because I played Toronto so much yeah. being in that division. But how tough was that watching those guys just like get in front of the firing squad every, every game?
0: Yeah, you know what? I was able to fly under the radar a little bit there just because, again, my, my first couple years you had – guys like Phil and, uh, and Dion and Loops. And then towards the end, it was uh, Austin, Mitch, Willie, uh, Morgan Riley. So, yeah. I mean, Jake, Gardner. Speaking to, yeah Jake Gardner. Yeah, Jake Gardner. Speaking just to uh, – yeah, your boy. Uh, speaking just uh, to Dion, though, like, I think that that's one of the other things that kind of made him such a good teammate, such a good leader, is that he did shoulder the brunt of a lot of those things. And we saw that around the team. But he – would he would just take it and he would never complain and he just yeah just went about his business was an ultimate kind of professional ultimate teammate um and yeah that's the interesting thing because like I heard a lot of different things like going in there like again the perception of him before I got to Toronto and like I said like right after I got traded I think it was like 30 seconds after I hung up with uh with Berkey I get a call which is still his uh, MO to this day for, for Dion. It's always like unknown number. So he has his number blocked or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I I guess I have to answer this. I just got traded. And, uh, he gave me a, a buzz right away to welcome me to the team and just the little things like that. I feel like we're, we're stuff that, uh, he was so, uh, always kind of took care of those little details and stuff to really make guys feel comfortable and, uh, and welcome. And he would be the guy hosting all the Halloween parties or, Stuff like that. So he uh, he he loved Halloween. By the way, he loved he loved getting into the costumes. But uh, but no, like I would say, like I said, um, he was just someone that again, I don't think uh, gets enough credit for uh, for how good of a leader, how good of a teammate, and obviously his play on the ice. He was a, a great player too.
1: I always just think he's a robot because that's all I see of him, so he does have fun like he he is oh, he's
0: the yeah you would you would really enjoy him like especially, like again obviously he's uh dealing with uh playing in some big markets in Calgary first and then yeah. then Toronto, I feel like there's a certain uh a, a sense of uh i don't know just a, a certain not brand but just public perception and just being professional and stuff like that, but when he's with the team and with his teammates and stuff like he's always in the middle of everything, whether it's chirping guys or or whatever it is like he's always right in the middle of it so no kidding i definitely love I, playing with him yeah
1: i didn't like dion that's interesting that's nice to hear because i i only hear what i hear from you know people who never knew him so it's weird to see yeah. someone or talk to someone who's like friends with dion for it's so bizarre yeah I'm like i hate yeah. dion you can't be nice <laughs> to dion. don't but say you know that's nice.
0: part of his that's part of his thing i think part of his uh persona like he loves to push guys buttons too like even his friends like he'll say stuff like like i said we have a there's still a group chat we have with uh a few of the guys that were there in toronto it's me uh nas leo morgan riley gardner and dion and bozak in there and and dion's always in the mix there just he's getting chirped for his posts on instagram and he's giving it back to the guys are giving it to him for disabling his comments on his posts on Instagram. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's great.
1: Oh, that's funny. All right, James, we'll we'll leave it at that. Any, anything else you want to plug? What's that? How you got on,
0: is that your own brand? This is, uh, yeah, this is, so this is starting up this summer. My, uh, my youngest brother's taking the the reins on it and my Trevor and I will be helping out, but, uh, in Jersey, we're going to do a couple hockey camps. So, Ben Reemstike Brothers uh, hockey camps and just a way to kind of for us to give back a bit to the area that we're from and try to pass on some of the knowledge that we've been able to learn over our, all our years in hockey. So it's going to be the first, first summer of it uh, this year, kind of see how it goes and, uh, and yeah, kind of go from there. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to, to getting that going.
1: It's really smart to start a hockey camp during COVID. It's, uh, yeah, exactly right. it's going to be a hit. It's
0: going to be a hit. It's going to be eight guys out there all at once, right? Just separated by 20 feet. Oh, Don't touch man. anybody. Yeah, get the megaphone ready. He's going to be, uh, yeah. yeah. This is how you hit. Pretend. Hit.
1: But no, yeah. good luck with that. It's going to be funny. Tim, do you have anything else?
0: No, thanks for coming on, man. It's been fun. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is great.
1: All right, everybody. Well, thank you, James. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope we're doing well. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.